Welcome, welcome, welcome. Talking back to the teacher podcast from Osceola High School in Seminole, Florida. She rocked my class. She was in my Algebra 2 class. Miss Hannah, come on, come on, come on. Talk to us. We're going to take a stroll down memory lane a little bit about high school, uh, parenthood, professional life, career, how math plays a part in it still. Shout out to the math. And y'all, it's just going to be a really good time. I'm blessed to be able to do this all the time, have great former students who want to come and share a piece of their life with me and offer up some of their time. Without further ado, I appreciate you tuning in. Episode, where are we at now? Episode 23? 24? We getting up there. Hannah T. Now is your time to talk back to the teacher. He is almost 13. He'll be 13 in October, so he'll be a full-blown teenager. And so we're talking, what, 7th grade? Yes, but like you could honestly be his teacher because he's super smart, he's big-brained, and he's in algebra. So okay. you could be, like, you you were teaching me the same thing that he's currently learning. Yeah, so... Is that the huh? problem? Am I too loud? Is that the problem? No, I, I have... Ah! Hi! I've doubled. You have a Stevie! I have a Stevie. Stevie, stand up. Do you spin around? He's taller <laughs> than I am. Oh my gosh, how tall are you? Um, I'm 5'4", so he's just like 5'4 and a quarter. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely amazing. I love it. So I have like a whole grunt person. If you have questions, he says you're going to love it if you have a good teacher. So I'm going to put you in connection with him. He's one of those pivotal teachers. Yay, parenthood. <laughs> oh, okay, so you've got a 12-year-old that's yes. in, in seventh grade? That's in seventh grade, yes. I have a 12-year-old that's in seventh grade. Oh, see? And so the conversation oh. that I had with, like, uh, Casey, who was Wilmington, Bedford, Gonzalez now. I'm so um, happy to hear that she got married. Oh gosh, I that's another you know, reason you I know loved, her in high school. No, I like knew of her. Of course, like I was shy and didn't come out of my shell at all in high school, so I didn't know any of the popular girls like personally. But I knew of them. They were like she was like my Kim Kardashian. You know, <laughs> she was just like so beautiful and like you're like I remember her in high school and she had this gorgeous like pearlescent white dress and this big beautiful belly. She was everything. <laughs> like after going, I guess to my first graduation, I was like, man, this sucks. Like. I just say goodbye to all the kids and like, that's it. And then, so I was like, well, when you guys are old enough to find me, like find me on Facebook. That was what I would say, because those are some of my favorite relationships and friendships. Because when I, by the time I finished my first year teaching, I think I was 23. When I had that senior class that had Ms. Stakowitz's daughter, Stephanie in it, she was like 18 and a half. So I'm like five years older than these kids. So now she's like, you have a freshman going into high school, a freshman daughter going into high school. I was like, I have a freshman daughter going into high school. You have a seventh grade son going into seventh grade or a seventh grade son. I have a seventh grade son. So I'm like, regardless of age difference or whatever, we're walking a, a like similar parenting path of like, well, here we are. Like, what do we do? Yeah. We're parenting in the same age. Yeah. You know, the same. And it changes. That's, you know, I think that's how you stand being like 
you know, uh, with it, like parents just see like to kind of like keep up with what they're into. And that's a lot. It changes. It changes all the time. And our parents wanted to be so stuck in the like, this is how it was when we were young, but the world didn't stay that way. No, it evolved. It had to keep evolving and growing and expanding. And if it didn't, you, you, we were just going to miss out on so much. So. But I found you on Facebook because of Samantha Caruso, which is how I found you in like real life because I was like your student and you were nice to me. But like Samantha was like, let's just go in there and just cut up because we don't want to go to English. We can get him (laughs) breakfast. And I used to like bribe her to come to school. I was like, we can go get breakfast. (laughs) And then she would like be like, well, we can take him breakfast. I was like, great. I didn't want to do any of this anyway. So I would love to do all of this and not go to English because my senior year, I chose not to do like honors English and it was kind of really easy and the exam was open book and I was like I don't even know why we like what's the incentive of coming to class right (laughs) we're not learning anything and there's this you know one girl in there who I ended up living upstairs from but she had this crush on this boy and she was just petting him the whole English class and I was like I would way rather like she'd give him like massages and I was like I would way rather like (laughs) bring ham breakfast then like watch this situation (laughs) unfold (laughs) that's so funny um man me and And, oh samantha she's a trip um oh and she's like social media famous now so she's the only one from high school that i really like still follow on social media uh because they were all nice but i just wasn't really close with anyone (laughs) i remember she's so i've stayed in contact with her since she graduated I guess. I don't remember. Was she in your class? Same yes, year? she was in my class, yes. So that was 09? 09. Okay. So we were the o- last class of Osceola High School before it was before fundamental. Before fundamental, yeah. Before all the fundies. And I didn't realize until I got a lot older that I was like, we were the last class, and I was all super proud of it. And then they were like, we were the, f- the class underneath us. We were like, we're the first class of fundamental. And I didn't realize that they had that perspective until years later. And I was like, I was such an asshole. Yeah, some of them were <laughs> proud. Some of them were just... I don't know. It, it, it took a weird turn. Um, and the crazy <laughs> thing is, even though like I haven't been... Last time I was in Florida was for Samantha's wedding. And that was March of whenever COVID hit. So 2020, I guess. And the day we landed, there was their first case in the state of Florida that was oh like gosh. discovered at the airport. And I was like, hey, we're at the airport. What do we do? Samantha, it's all your fault. <laughs> right. And then the world shut down. And then the world shut down when we got back. It was like going on spring break and never going back to school there. <laughs> there was no senior brunch. There was no senior breakfast. All those senior events were dismissed. I hired a girl. Talk about feeling old. I hired a girl who graduated during COVID and she didn't have a prom. So she was like, she's still with her high school sweetheart because she's still 20. And she was like, (laughs) Dylan and I never got a prom. And I was like, that's so sad. Like there's a whole generation of kids that got like a weird don't touch me prom or -hmm. like a no prom at all. Or no prom. Yeah. And when we had graduation, we had three different stages that year and they were all spread out. And you had to like sign up for a time to come get your diploma. And in Texas, it was 
103 degrees that day and the temperature on the football field um it's a turf field the temperature on the field was like 127 degrees and you've got these entire families coming you were allowed to come with up to 10 people so basically it would be like the graduate a sibling if they have a sibling their parents maybe a couple grandparents and 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 like that was it we went through like four thousand bottles of water that day to try to keep everybody hydrated you're on these stages there was not a cloud in the sky the entire day but at 7 30 the temperature was only 83 degrees like so that wasn't bad the sun was coming up but at 10 15 10 30 it was still 99 degrees out and i was like this is unbearable oh my gosh and you guys are in those robes um, the only ones that had to wear robes that year were like the principals and administrators. I remember having on like shorts and a school t-shirt and some running shoes. And I got in like 17,000 steps that day. Cause oh but, I, but I also changed my shirt three times. I was just sweating through everything. Oh. And I remember being there for several hours, not even peeing at all. I was like, I'm pretty sure I sweated everything out <laughs> and just keep trying to drink as much water as possible. <laughs> it was so much ice. It was so bad. Oh, that sounds awful. I just feel so bad. You know, they lost, you know, a whole chunk. And like that graduation is so big for some kids. Yeah. It was the only graduation. My high school graduation was the only graduation I've had. Oh, speaking of earrings, I don't want to go too far, but uh, your daughter made me these. Oh, I saw You sent them to me as an apology, and I fully paid for them because I love them so much. Because the others I bought as a gift, they were not really my style. But these were like my everything earrings. I wear them all the time, I want you to know. All the time. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, All the time. Tori loves it. The whole Trends by Tori shop is is her thing right now. and. She's but already like, an entrepreneur. Like she's yeah, already she doing it. Like she's in um, the full midst of it, no matter like what she does with it. Like she can always say, I had this wonderful business that like gave people like things they really love. Like she did it. She gave she, people products they really loved. Thank you so much. She's I'm, I'm, I'll be sure to tell her that she's going to be so excited. Um, the earrings we made like that, we probably sold, I've, we've sold more pairs of those than anything else. Oh, I love them. They were a big hit during Pride Month. Yes. And I think I remember like on your social media, uh, I remember you had like Happy Pride Month and flags. And and I was just like, okay, we'll talk about that. And it's just been, it's been such an interesting journey to see how. So for like one month out of the year, sometimes you see businesses that are like, yay, it's Pride. And then right afterwards, it's like, it almost feels like you're back to your old ways. It's a, it's a weird kind of marketing ploy, but. It is a weird marketing ploy, and it's so interesting, and it's so weird. It's so interesting that you want to talk about Pride Month. Um, It's such a big issue, and I'm such a big proponent of, like, pride and, like, allowing people to be who they are because I feel like I was so squashed. My parents were uber-religious, and it was, like, I didn't feel like it was a welcome thing in my home and I didn't know that bisexuality existed. And so I thought that you had to be one or the other. So like personally myself, I struggled. I just didn't feel welcome. And I tried to join the GSA. Do you remember that? 
do I remember when I tried to join GSA in high school and my parents found out and called the school and had me banned from it. Really? Yes. They had me banned from GSA. They did not want me to be part of like the gay straight alliance. Yeah, I have I am friends <laughs> with multiple GSA sponsors on different campuses. Yes. Oh man, it's such a safe space for so many students and adults. It's such a needed affiliation for so many students regardless of how they identify on an lgbtq like spectrum because it's not just like here's where i'm at it's somewhere and it varies and you get to you know figure that out through like your whole like life you don't have to have that figured out in high school goodness knows you get to start figuring that out in high school whether you know your parents want you to or not you're gonna start figuring it out And I think it is such a wonderful thing to have, like, those resources there. And I think it's a sad thing that, you know, parents can cut them off when they don't agree. Thing Because, again, my parents would, I read The Color Purple in middle school. And, Mm -hmm. like, I'm so grateful for that experience. And I wish that I would have had parents. And I didn't have, like, an educator that I was close with that I could talk to about it. So all I had was, like, this library book. And I had to, like glean when I could from it. It's a heavy book to take on in the seventh grade. Um, But I did it. And like, you know, I'm so grateful for the experience. And I'm so sad for the kids that won't be able to, you know, at least get what they can, because in such strict households, it's hard. And my mom really didn't pay attention to what I checked out. And my dad wasn't really involved. So I was able to get a hold of the color purple. But when he found out I read it, he was really mad. And he would have totally been on that list of parents that, you know, wants to block what their kids are reading. I think if you're a good parent, you know what your kids are reading anyway. Like I, I have access to my kiddo's library card. I know what he's reading. And we talk about the books he's reading. That's good. That's the other thing. (laughs) Way to be a good parent. Good job, Hannah. Thanks. It's yeah. the only thing that I've, like, it's, I've done it my entire adult life. If I am not, like, doing this somewhat right, I've failed my entire, like, adult life. Nope, you're not failing. <laughs> you're doing it right. Good job. I'm, all, I'm already going to give you your flowers and your kudos for that because Thanks. I see how supportive you are and you're there. Like, showing up is half of the, is like half the battle right there. And then being present, being in tune, being aware. And like you said, having conversations, that's such a huge part of it. So you're doing it, sister. Way to go. Thanks. And the other thing, I apologize when I've like wronged him. I'm quick to say, hey, this was wrong. This was wrong behavior. And we talk about it. And he says so many of his friends' parents. So if there's any parents listening and if you feel like you've made a mistake, you know, it's never too late to just say, look your kid in the eye and say, I know this behavior was not correct. I know this was not my, you know, best moment. And, you you know, don't invalidate it by giving a bunch of excuses. Just, you know, just acknowledge it. That's important to them. Did you know, Risa? I know. I did. She was also, gosh, they were all just in my mind. They're just all like so pretty and shiny. Risa, oh gosh. <laughs> I've seen her on Facebook. She got married, right? Yeah, she got married. Oh, so pretty. They got married in, on, on the beach in Florida. Well, dude, let's go out and get food. And so that was the first time I ever went and ate a vegan pizza. And so we had vegan pizza and we drank. I drank a ton of energy drinks, but I'm not real like drinker drinker. My mom was an alcoholic, so I, I try really hard to like not lean into that. I don't know if I knew that. 
Then let me cross off this question about alcohol later. <laughs> oh, is it the beer one? Because I was gonna, because you know, I've been listening. I've been prepping some answers with my anxiety. <laughs> Number one, I didn't know you had anxiety. Oh, so much, so much, like debilitating. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but at any point, tap out and be like, "Hey, I've reached my limit, and thank you for your time." <laughs> I'm so serious. No, I'm so open about it. No, I love this. I was nervous because I haven't seen you in so long. But this is, honestly, it just feels the same as it did in high school. Um, but no, I have I have dealt with anxiety. Um, but I've, like, not, like, conquered it because, you know, like, you know, you're an alcoholic and you're still an alcoholic whether you drink or not. I'm yeah. still, like, I still have ba- bad anxiety whether, you know, it's debilitating right now in my life. You know, I always know it could be if I don't manage it, if I don't keep, you know, with it, if I don't do the things I'm supposed to. It could be. So, you know, no, I'm super open about it. And, like, you're not going to, like, push me over the edge. Okay. I'm not living that, you know, okay. that close these days. I want, I want <laughs> to make sure you know that, like, all right, I'm out. Okay. Perfect. So I wrote down questions, and then I'm like, eh, am I going to stick with the script? Am I not? Off script with Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> I have questions about, like, what it's like becoming a parent, what, a year after you graduate high school? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was super tough. And I was in a not great relationship. And, you know, he was in a not, we were both super young. And I met him right out of high school. So it's somebody I didn't know very well. Mm-hmm. You know, we met at the end of high school. And then we were pregnant by, you know, January. And I had him the next year. So it was a lot. And he struggles with his own addictions and his own issues. And he's not present for, you know, a lot of reasons and a lot of times I have to say, you know, I'm choosing to not allow you to take part in his life right now because you are still making the same choices you were when we were in our early 20s. And like, I I don't trust you right now. You're an absconded felon. I need you to get yourself together. So that's been super tough. And my dad, like he was busting in my door with a hammer and my dad, I called my dad, like, terrified. And my dad was like, you guys are going to have to work that out between yourselves. Becoming a mom, I immediately, I didn't have any time. I wasn't even, like, fully mature. So I had the maturity of maybe some of your, like, sophomores. And I'm, like, out there being, like, a full mom. And, you know, I only took two weeks after I had him because... We had bills to pay, and I couldn't trust his dad to go to work because he had, like, I don't want to go to work itis. And I'm the one that was nine months pregnant. And so I just felt like, you know, I needed to go right back to work, and I felt like I needed to provide for him. And I worked six days a week when my son was an infant because I had to. And, you know, I've just been given so many blessings as far as work goes Mm -hmm. since then. So, like, it's all worth it, but... You know, it was really hard. It makes me like cry when I think about it. Becoming a mom really young was hard. And I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, I would want my same kid. You know, I want the same bond that we have because it's just been like us. For him, of course, for your kids, you want something so much better. You know, I wish, and I've dealt with depression and anxiety, and he's had to, like, watch that. It's not been sunshine and rainbows. And he's not going to walk away and say, my mom was like, perfect and like had her like shit together because oh god i could cry because i didn't because i don't (laughs) (laughs) i still don't it was tough i worked in customer service Mm -hmm. which was like 
soul killing. <laughs> it was for an insurance agency. We were calling the insurance members and trying to find reasons to like rake their like rates up. And mm. it was just like soul sucking. And then I got with the county as a customer service representative and my manager saw something in me. I don't know, but instantly was like, you can do so much better. He was like, you can do more. And then hired me as a program coordinator a month later. And then he let me work with the commissioner's offices as like the lead of that team. And then I was a manager of that team. So I managed all of the public works cases for the commissioner's office for all of the county. And now I'm a business analyst. And, you know, it's thanks to all your math that I can do it because like before high school, I didn't pay attention in math class because it wasn't a requirement and I'm really good at test taking and North Carolina had this end of grade test that you could, it was a, it was like a bubble in and like math problems. I could always work them back. Mm-hmm. If you have the answer and plug it in, yeah, it's not yeah. hard to take. That's like, a test taking strategy, testing. my friend. You got it. You okay. Got it. So yeah. So, so I, you know, they would bump me along, but I wasn't learning the material. And so then I did remedial math. He taught me things I use like today and like he started my math journey and then you like solidified it. And then you were the only person in my life that at the time, like I knew I could trust, like you were a trusted adult. You went from like all the other adults to my life over to like the trusted adult line when everyone is like gaslighting me and telling me that that terrible math teacher who is apparently in the genius society who just monologued us the entire time and statistics is hard to learn and it's real life math and it's very specific Mm -hmm. and like he monologued at us and that is not how you teach math not in my mind anyway and they were like he's fine and he's perfect and i was like he sucks and i want out and they wouldn't (laughs) let me out and you were like How's one of my best math students go from making like A's to like C's and D's? Mm-hmm. You were like, something is wrong here. And you justified me and nobody else would. And it made me feel safe. And that's how you moved over to like the trusted adult line. I knew I could be like myself self with you. And there are so few many people because my dad told me the only way you can stay here in Florida with me is if you stay inside of like these lines, you put a toe out and I put lots of toes out, but he was like, you put too many toes out and I'm going to kick you back. Wow. And it was very, I found out after he died that it was like very like finite. To summarize, I lived with my mom and she's an alcoholic and she lived with a boyfriend who had a very toxic relationship. And in my adult mind, I firmly believe he was sexually grooming me. You know, it was like do or die. Like if I had stayed that summer, I'm sure it would have like crossed over. And thank goodness it didn't. But still, there was still all kinds of like inappropriate like comments that I had to like deal with. And she like chose herself and her, she chose herself. I don't have a relationship with my mom because she chose herself. And my sister called me the day I gave birth to my son and said, now that you're a mom, are you ready to forgive mom? And I looked at this baby that I had just, you know, birthed. And I was like, I know for sure that like I would choose this baby over anyone. No, never. I'll never forgive her. I will never forgive her. And And I found out later that my dad actually asked my older sister whether it would be 
a good idea to let me live there or not. And my older sister was like, well, I'm gone and there'll be nobody there to like protect her. So like, yes, but it was like, so like both of my parents, like, (laughs) 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 but like, you know, why was it on the cusp for you? Like if Stevie, if Stevie had been living away from me and said, I want to come back to you, I would say yes right now. Absolutely. You know, even as much as his dad struggles, I know his dad would say the same. And I don't know how my parents like lived on the cusp of that ever. But anyway, <laughs> um, you became one of those people that I knew I could be myself around. Um, I am honored. Thank you. My goodness, thank you for your bravery and even sharing that. <laughs> there are so many stories that I hear from my students about their life, their childhood, their experiences. Like, But my point in all of that before was that when I had conversations with we as a country, as a society, put what would I like to call it? Promotional handcuffs on we stifle the growth of people because we often equate degrees and college experience to understanding and knowledge. When I'll be honest with you, like there's so much of what so many jobs, careers that have absolutely nothing to do with college, (laughs) their degree. And we know as well as other people that like, oftentimes people get their, I had conversations with former students afterwards. They were like, you had no clue what I was dealing with in high school. And I was like, no, I really didn't. I just liked teaching math and would ask how kids were doing. And I'd sit and eat lunch in the cafeteria with students because sometimes a, a, a work room is toxic <laughs> in a school and negative anyway. teaching will bring down your vibe. And I was still young and I enjoyed it, but I didn't find out these things till students became 30 or 35 years old. And they were like, yeah, you didn't know what was going on. No, I had no clue. I didn't know that your one parent was battling stage four cancer. I didn't know that you live with your lights off for three weeks and you were staying at your cousins. Or I didn't know that you'd come to school early because the volleyball coach would open the gym and you could shower in the coach's office and she always had clean towels and you could show up with a volleyball backpack even though you weren't on the volleyball team and she'd wash all your clothes for you and fold them for you and you could pick them up after school and take them you know what i mean like i didn't know what teachers were doing to help support kids and i shouldn't have known because it's not like it had to be common knowledge but i didn't know what home was like for so many of my students until later and then they share something like you just shared with me that was it became a safe space or our thank you for listening. Thank you for always being present. And that's thank you. Like I do not take it lightly. Um, <laughs> I thank you. Gosh, I think it's the other way around. Cause you're our, like, and we don't even know, like I was listening to some of your other podcasts and you know, about how the kids were being bussed in from St. Pete. And like, I'm aware of, you know, the things that go on in St. Pete. I wasn't as a kid. And, you know, like, I didn't know what my own classmates were going through. I, I knew this one girl, and she found my purse, and she stole 200 bucks out of my purse. And the cops were like, why do you have $200 in your purse? And I was like, this is not your business. And as soon as, like, she gave it back, they were like, do you want to press charges? And I was like, you guys have already been assholes to me, and you think I'm going to side with you and press charges against this girl? Like, you know, she's always mean. She's probably going through some stuff. She probably needed the $200, and, like, I probably would have let her keep it. If she had been like, hey, I really need this $200 more than you because, like, I wasn't doing anything with it but paying my Metro, you know, cell phone bill. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, like, 
I, I definitely was like, no, absolutely not. No charges. Like, you know, I could tell that some kids were going through stuff, but not until it was like right up at my face. Cause I was going through my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Like, it reminds me of those memes you see, like, just be kind. Cause you never know what other people are going through. You never know. And it echoes very, very true. Um, I'm sure you have to see it. Like you get to see more than most people. Like you, like students let you in. Like how many people in our lives do we like really let in? You know, how many people go to and from work every day that don't have like, you know, a teacher or a good boss or somebody or a good coworker that just say that they're fine and don't ever let anybody in. I can't imagine doing this life alone. I don't even like doing my job alone. Like I, I rope in other counselors like, hey, I got this situation. Like we just had a recent situation. And a girl came in my office. I've known her for a year. We, we're, we're pretty close. She's just like, hey, Mr. Ham, um, I'm not doing okay. And I was like, you want to tell me what's going on? She was like, I'd rather you guess. And I was like, guess? I'd rather <laughs> not so, play this game. This right? Game I, uh, are you pregnant? And she was like, ding, ding, ding. And I was like, okay. All right. And, and we live in the state of Texas. And she was like, I cannot have this child. She's like, my mom's sister had a baby at 16 and her family made her keep it. And I know that people go to jail if they, because abortions and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay. And that's the thing. I was told that I had to have an abortion and like had people gotten to decide for me, I would not have gotten to have my beautiful child. But like the other way around, like I wanted to be a mom and like I was ready to like wholly devote my life to it. And it's been so hard so hard and I can't think of like how you know if I didn't want it so much how easy it would have been to say you know bump this and just be terrible at it and that's what it is when you force women into having babies they don't want or you force children into systems that aren't that already aren't working because that's my next you know thing to do as soon as I get Stevie out is to bring in more teenagers who have been you know lost and forgotten you know to the system that's already not working where, where parents were, you know, forced to have babies they weren't ready to have for whatever reason, whether it be a lifestyle choice or be I'm 16 and I'm not ready right now or, you know, w- w- not a lifestyle choice, but, you know, or something else where they were forced into it. It's awful and terrible. I hate it. And, you know, you're forced, you're, abortion's never going to stop. You're just going to force it underground and risk, you know, lives of women. The leading cause of death for pregnant women in America, guess what it is? Honestly, I, I should know this, but I don't know. Murder. And it's especially minority women. Black women are at the most at the high risk of mm-hmm. murder. They are the highest killed, m- murdered while pregnant. And it's the highest, like, leading cause of death for pregnant women. Murder. Wow. How is that? You're risking their lives over and over and over again for a variety of reasons. And sometimes for cases that they don't even want. Nobody should ever be forced into it. 
for, you know, even, even the trauma of doing it and giving it up, that's a whole thing too. Like you have to, you have to choose that for you. Right. You know, adoption is a, a, a selfless, beautiful thing, but you have to be like fully in it. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> I obviously care a lot about some issues. Yeah. And, and you know what? <laughs> I'm glad you feel passionate about some things. Yeah. That is, that is great. Me too. I can't do anything about it. I live in Florida. Where where are you now? In what city? Um, I live in the beautiful city of Lakeland. Lakeland, okay. I work I for Hillsborough. Lakeland so that, is beautiful and it, very I diverse. Have, I have been there a couple times. Oh man, I'm a big cat mom. How many cats do you have? Oh gosh, well on the internet um personally i have three cats so i have three cats i have a very fluffy cat i have a very big cat and i have a very crazy cat (laughs) okay so what are the three cats names um so shadow is my oldest and he's Mm -hmm. a tuxedo and he's like gray and he is 17 pounds so he's ginormous he's big boys I've got Carswell, who's my baby, and he's one-eyed, and he's super fluffy. He's a Persian, and he's like 100% Persian, and I saved up for him, and oh, he's just perfect, and he sleeps in my bed, and he's just my, and he does these little snorts. We have like a whole like language. I obviously am like a crazy cat lady, <laughs> and then um, for Christmas last year, I got, I got Stevie a cat. I got him Roy, but Roy's become my cat too. Okay. Um, so Roy like climbs in the bed and like snuggles with me. <laughs> so here's what I want to know: from high school, do you have a favorite memory? Anything with Samantha Caruso? She's the funniest 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 girl and we'd be riding around and i don't remember who would be driving maybe it was i think it was her driving and like she's just oh god anything with samantha had to have been like all my favorites i just like warm fuzzies for samantha definitely and i was like and now i get to see her as a mom and her baby's so beautiful eyes I was and like, so, oh my gosh, Samantha. Like, I thought you had pretty eyes, and then your baby popped out like 2.0. Good Lord. <laughs> and so I told her, I was, she was like, oh my gosh, there's so much that we shouldn't talk about on a podcast. That part of it, let's not talk about. But let's talk about what it's like stepping foot in a class that you absolutely dreaded, and then you end up doing really well in it because. She's like, every day you had to tell me that I could do it. And I was like, yeah, but at some point you believed it. She was like, yeah, but, and I was like, (laughs) that was the goal. The goal was for you to be able to do something difficult and pass my Algebra 2 class. And she was like, well, you made a quiz named after me. And I was like, you said you were going to ace it, so take ownership of it. (laughs) And so everybody took a Sammy C quiz. And I was like, I legitimately have a picture of a ham that she drew that was orange and blue. And then I have another one that's been sketched a, I don't know what you would call it, a dinner ham, a spiral ham, I guess, with the pineapple on top, with like a cherry on top, the pineapple. Like she just drew it. And I was like, yeah, it's on the door of my office. She was like, you still have it? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, it was mine. And and so she's like, why would you keep that? I was like, because you're important. And then I remember like mailing a card to her when she got baptized. And there's 
all these oh different gosh. milestones and she's and done so many cool things she's yeah. been on a journey and she's a 911 dispatcher oh my god i bet she has the stories i used to work with a 911 dispatcher and she was i was like do you think i could do it and she was like to be honest uh i don't think you'll pass the mental part i don't think you pass the mental part of the exam to like get in mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was like oh, okay so it's like a hard job I just freaking helped somebody deliver a baby. I'm like the world's biggest badass right now, Mr. Ham. And man, I need you to understand. And I was like, okay. That's so Samantha. Yes. So this is like Christmas. I'm in South Carolina for Christmas with my parents and my my family. My sister's family came down. And we've got a house there. And, and I'm walking up and down this dirt road for like two and a half hours. I'm on the phone with her. I only go like, I don't know, a thousand feet in each direction. And I go it, do it 20, 25 times. And my uncle comes out like, you okay? And I'm like, I'm on the phone with former student. He was like, he was like, you on vacation? I was like, no, I guess I'm not on vacation. Because that, whole, <laughs> that whole break was, there was a whole thing that. But Samantha, oh gosh, Sammy C. Um Talk, talk about a kid. She, she's she's a fun one. So I'm so going to, oh, I'm so about to text her right now. Like, girl, I'm over here talking about you. Right. I hope your ears are burning. I texted yep. her because I was thinking about her and thinking about like high school a lot. And like, she's like literally the only person from high school I even bother to like keep up with. And I was like, I would really love to catch up. Like I miss, you know, I just miss her like vibrancy. Yeah. She, she's a piece of work. This is hot chocolate, so you just respond with whatever you want to respond with. A couple of these are probably going to be like, ooh. And the other ones you'll just kind of choose in whatever pops into your head. Deep breath. It's really easy. Okay. Big sip of uh, energy drink. <laughs> so, what, oh, wait. What kind of energy drinks do you drink? Do you like my floral penis mug? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you can't even tell. You can have it in Zoom meetings. You're like a bunch of dicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! I think it's from Look Human. They have a lot of cute ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll call that one cute. That's hilarious. Oh, that's the biggest <laughs> laugh I've had in a while. You can get it on pillows and everything. Oh man, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> no comment. That's hilarious, though. Do you? <laughs> All right, are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right, this is hot chocolate. Would you prefer uh, one or the other? Lake house or beach house? Lake house. Ski trip or hiking trip? Hiking trip. Wine or margarita? Or neither? I mean, I, I will drink occasionally, and margaritas sound like way, like I would rather be at a margarita party. Would you prefer a flight or a road trip? Gosh, I think a road trip. My bestie loves a road trip, and she's really good at a playlist, and I think a road trip with I, my bestie, not with any, and Stevie, and, like, no one else. Okay. A, a, a <laughs> DJ is key to a to a successful road trip. Right. And a navigator. She okay. both. Preference, car, SUV, or truck? SUV. What kind? If you could um, just choose one. I mean, if I could have, like, any SUV, I would have a Tesla SUV because I really want a Tesla. There you Um, go. So, yes, that. Favorite candy bar? 
Oh, the take fives, of course. Really? Ooh, yes, nice. Even though my son's allergic to peanut butter and I'm, you know, an evil, evil mommy for just loving them so much because we didn't find out until he was nine. And so he knows what it tastes like. Really? Yeah. It was on my birthday. It was awful. Anyway, uh, favorite candy bar is take five. What's your favorite energy drink since you like energy drinks? Um, I love Alani, of course, because I'm like classic, you know. I, I used to follow, um, I think, the two creators' names. One of them's Katie, and I can't remember what the guy's name is. But they were both fitness people. They met at a gym, and they, he talks about it all the time, like, how did I get so lucky? He was like, uh, I met her at the gym. He was like, I pure definition of shoot your shot. And she was interested and went on a date with me. Then they have kids and dogs. I used to follow them all the time on Instagram. I don't anymore. But they came. They developed Lonnie, and I was like, "Oh!" I and didn't they even know a, that. Yeah, the the story is amazing. That's so cute. And they're a cute couple, and and they have <laughs> kids with really big heads, and they're really cute too, though. <laughs> <laughs> like little bobbleheads. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Ah. Uh. What's the most recent milestone you've achieved that you're proud of? I recently started to do, so I did customer service for years and years and years. And while I love people and I love helping people, I was burnt out on that. And so I recently moved into like data and I'm a, I'm a business analyst. So I, I recently learned, moved into like numbers and data and um, I get to play with math all day and I get to play with spreadsheets all day and I get to balance things and I get to solve problems and I'm a very organized gal and I like a good organized system so I'm like this contract is over and you know we need to do this so it's work that I actually truly love so I am so lucky I always wondered if I would get to do work that I loved and that's been like a huge like life goal and I actually get to do work that I love for a boss that I would cut off my left leg for so you really like what you do I really love what I do. And I also love that it's like still public service. Like mm-hmm. I really love giving back to like my community, especially a community that's given me so much. Okay. If you won $2 million in the lottery, what are the first three things you're going to do? Um, the first thing I would do is invest at least half of it in a fund for Stevie. I would want it to grow f- for him. The second thing I would do is like pay off my house. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing I would do is like vacay. You know, we're going somewhere. Where are you going? I think Europe for sure. Definitely Europe. We're all strapping in. We're going to do like a tour of the whole thing. We're going to meet all the people. Cross the water, baby. Do it. Yes. We're going for the plot line. Okay. Here are my final two questions. (laughs) You cut (laughs) it. You kind of answered this one already. Tell me about October 7, 2010, but you kind of did already. My God, it was um, beautiful. It was the best day of my life. Um, I I just, I remember holding him and just like looking at him and being like, hi, I'm your mommy and just like awestruck. And I couldn't sleep that night because I was just so excited just like looking at him and just, you know, just, just, oh, just so just awestruck by him. It was you know, it was scary and it was just, it was, you know, very humbling, <laughs> very humbling. <laughs> what, you, you said something that made me tear up because you were like, hi, I'm your mom. I remember saying that to my daughter and my son when they were born, like, hi, <laughs> like, I'm your dad, like, <laughs> yeah. and then like smiling and crying, like, yeah. 
And then at the same time being like, what? What do you mean I'm your dad? Like, did I just say those words? Like, what am I doing? Like, who let that happen? It's like, ah! Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's beautiful. Then they send you home. That was the really scary part. I was fine in the hospital because I had all these people, all these nurses who wanted to help. Yeah. And they were like, this cute, this young mom. And they all knew. I had no idea that I was young and, and dumb, but they all knew. And they were looking at me like, this poor girl. We was like, in for it. <laughs> and so they were trying to help me as much as they could. I think they even like took him to the nursery so I could sleep. They like snuck him off because they were like, we're going to take him for some tests. So we'll um, out and you can get some sleep. I just remember <laughs> trying to put, putting Tori in a car seat. Oh, like, yes, the child so is not big enough for this car. Like, and my wife's in the backseat, too. And I'm trying to picture what I was driving. And I just remember, like, we had to get on the highway. And I was like, okay, not speeding on this. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> it was probably the slowest trip from where we were in St. Pete to the house ever. And Did you have your babies at Bayfront? First one was at Bayfront. Aw, our babies were born at the same place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both of them were born in St. Pete. It it was a different experience. My question for you is like, you've been doing this. You've been letting us talk back to you. Um, You know, some of us are like fully grown adults. You've got a lot of experience. You've got lots of good ones. You've been doing podcasts of all your success stories out there. So if, you know, if you could go back and tell little Dwayne anything, what would you say? Yeah, I'm not really one for cliffhangers, but this episode was phenomenal. And I kind of got to take pause for a second. And we're going to have part two coming up. That is a cliffhanger. I appreciate y'all listening. Catch the next one. And then follow up with part two with Hannah. It's going to be good. Seriously, tell a friend, like, and subscribe. I appreciate y'all. God bless.